0: You got the shell.
1: Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show.
2: This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton, presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN.
0: We've seen Jordan Love have one really good day, maybe the best day that we've seen in the four years that he's been here. He's had one sort of decent day, and the rest, well, you walk off the practice field thinking this might be a really, really long year.
2: Broadcasting live from the Everlight Solar Studio with Matt Hamilton, Piers, Jim Rutledge. Rob Domofsky,
0: Echoing what I believe Jason Wildy has been saying, at least on this show, that Jordan Love, and there's mitigating factors, as Wildy pointed out. Young wide receivers. Christian Watson's had some drops. Romeo drops, Romeo Dobbs is a new player. You have Musgraves, you have Kraft. Uh, you have a lot of new players on this team, and that is going to make life tougher for Jordan Love. But one thing that I would imagine has to be infuriating for the coaching staff, Molly Brown, and this is Richard Hamilton presented by Coors Light. The mountains blue, you know what to do.
3: And that's crush of Coors Light.
0: It has to be infuriating if Jordan Love is struggling running the offense and processing the offense because this is year four in this offense. He should be, at a bare minimum, an expert in this offense because, remember, Aaron obviously missed voluntary stuff the last two years. Aaron had the thumb injury. He hasn't practiced as much during the regular season even that Jordan Love got first-team reps at those times. So Jordan Love's gotten plenty of reps over the last two years to really know this offense. And I'm really coming around that I think the preseason is going to matter for Jordan Love mm. and the Packers. As far as fans' expectations, their own confidence, I think they have to do something in the preseason because ESPN, who's been at camp, who talks to people, and there's lots of pe- lots of factors in this, but ESPN has the Packers with the least likely chance to win the NFC North, which I think is fair. I think they had the Packers at 12%, Chicago at 16%, followed by Minnesota, and then uh, D- Detroit at number one. If I was going to tier them, that's how I tier them too. And we talked about that before, Molly. Mm-hmm. Green Bay, they got rid of a Hall of Fame quarterback who played fringe Pro Bowl level last year. And they also got rid of a, a receiver, Alan Lazard, who was a good NFL receiver. And they also got rid of a good NFL tight end, and, and Bob Tunyon. And the defense has stayed the same last year. And I would say the defense all throughout the year, average. And the offense was below average, or I would say average last year as well, but they've now subtracted players. Chicago uh, has added more players. But they had a long way to go. They had a long way to go to catch everyone else. Minnesota's shedding players. Detroit mm-hmm. finished the strongest, nine wins, and they added. So it makes sense to me right there, Molly Brown, why ESPN has those rankings. Uh,
3: yeah, I don't know if I would necessarily disagree with them. I would maybe flip around the Vikings and Lions. I don't know. I think this whole division is just a toss-up, and I think I said it yesterday. I can't wait until this division is all good. That's going to be so exciting when we have four teams to watch that are so good. But I'm curious. You said that you think that the preseason matters for the Green Bay Packers. Yes, the confidence of the team, the confidence of the fans, the confidence of Jordan Love, everything. But what do they have to do that is doing something in your eyes?
0: Well, I'll leave that to you first as the Packers fan, but if I'm looking at it, I'm going to say that I want this offense. It's the same thing I want out of the team you know, that I root for, is that I want the offense to look functional at times during the preseason. It doesn't have to be on point, but I want a couple drives. Just It's nothing to ask a lot for. Just a couple drives that look succinct, they look productive, and they, I would say, end in touchdowns. Okay. Two drives. Maybe a couple other ones that look solid, get a field goal, attempt out of it, but you need Jordan Love and his offense to look good and comfortable, and they need the reps, especially if they're trying, and this is another tell, I think, if they're trying to go out and compete for the division, they should be playing Jordan Love, I would say, almost a half in every preseason game because you want to hit the ground running because your first game is winnable. Chicago also has a lot of new moving parts. They're not a dominant team. There's, very, there's a lot of interest as far as what Chicago end up being with fields and the whole thing, but they are far from – they're not head and shoulders above Green Bay. There's potential for them to be a lot better than last year, but those two teams, Chicago and Green Bay, are pretty equal. Green Bay could steal a game in Chicago if they are hitting the ground running. But if they're not playing their starters and practice has been meh, while that puts the start of the season – they could have a bad start to the season and the whole thing's over.
3: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Bad start? Okay.
0: Let's bring up the schedule there. I mean, if they don't hit the ground running.
3: How how long does that last, though? Because, I mean, one game isn't the entire start of the season.
0: Right, but I don't think... I think, honestly, their first game might be one of their easier games on paper.
3: Yes, on paper, but when you're actually going to Chicago, you're Jordan Love taking over for Aaron Rodgers, who's... Self proclaimed owner of the Chicago Bears. Like, that's not an easy environment to go in and play in.
0: I agree. I could also just say that, and I, I hate this happens every once in a while, our computer switches us to like Yahoo as a search. Yahoo is a the horrendous worst. search. Like, it's not even fun. I don't even Do know. You're helping? How- yeah. But, even worse. Yeah, but I don't even know. Like, how is it a thing that like anyone would ever use it? I typed in Packers schedule to bring it up, but it and starts, it starts like trying to sell me tickets and like <laughs> just stupid things. I know I exactly just,
3: what you're Give talking me about. It's the, the
0: worst. gosh darn schedule. God. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, they have the Bears, and then they're at so at Chicago, at Atlanta. Those are probably two easier games that could be coin flip games for them. Yes. But they are away. And then you have Saints. Now that's at Lambeau, but the mm-hmm. Saints, I think, are a better team than Green Bay, and Detroit's definitely a better team than Green Bay.
3: And I just think the Saints, anytime that the Packers play them, I just feel like that's a game that I'm not looking forward to.
0: I mean, I think out, out of this, best-case scenario would be 3-1. I don't know if that's the most realistic scenario.
3: I'm trying to remember what all of my picks were when Matt and I did this last week. I can't remember. Maybe I feel differently this but week. But they start with know.
0: they start with three coin flips. Okay. To be generous, they start with three coin flips and they're definitely a dog in the last one. So I would say they lose at least one of those four games. They could be 0 and 4. They could be three and one, two and two, but I, honestly, I think 0 and 4 pops in front of three and one. Like I think if okay. you're doing you'd probably just say two and two. Like I, if I was going to rank the beginning of it there, 770 eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. If you want to chime in on that, if you are going to rank the first four games, the most likely outcome, I guess I'll rank it two and two. I think I would
3: say two and two. But then yeah. it's probably
0: zero oh and four, followed by three and one.
3: Ooh, um, one and three in there one, somewhere. But. I was going to say maybe a one and three. Fine. I don't know so, if I would say so. Oh and we'll four go two right and two, right
0: one and three, zero oh and four, three and one. I think three and one is the least likely outcome out of the first four games. I would agree. If they're zero oh and four, one and three, that puts them in a horrible spot to start the year because this whole team. We don't like; they don't have the veteran leadership. David Bakhtiari feels like he's half out the door. It
3: does, but can how much value are we placing in wins? I know that that sounds like a stupid. Question. And I'm not
0: placing values in wins, but a lot of fans out there are talking about, "Oh, we can win the division," or think, "You know, we can finish bad division." Camp.
3: They're not winning the Super Bowl. They weren't going to win the Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback. Like we can agree on that, correct? Uh, yes, yeah. they had a lot more chance to win the Super Bowl with Rodgers than they do with Jordan Love. But that wasn't going to happen. So, like, I feel like for me, I'm looking at this season thinking, I just hope we see something. I hope we see a little bit of the wow out of Jordan Love. People love to say that. I hope we see the receivers catching balls instead of having Christian Watson drop massively open balls like he did against the Minnesota Vikings last year. Like, I hope we see improvement on all sides of the ball. I hope we see the defense looking better than they have in how long. So, I'm not necessarily placing all of my excitement and everything in the wins. If they get some wins, awesome. That's Mm -hmm. great. But it's not... That's not going to determine my entire season with the Green Bay
0: So chime in on that as well. 844-770-3776. What's more important to you this season? Wins or the younger players looking good? Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. 3776 Because I do think that they can be uh, exclusive. Because like, I saw that last yep. year with the team that I root for. Exactly. There's players I was excited about, and I'm excited about this year going forward. But that team last year... If I was going off wins and losses, I would have been in a really bad mood. But all I wanted was to see certain players get better. And they did. And it doesn't have to be the stars for the Packers. It could be maybe Zach Tom now looks like the starting center uh, for the the Packers. Maybe he looks like a better center. Maybe Yash continues to grow and he looks like an answer as a replacement for David Bakhtiari. Obviously, Watson grows and Dobbs grows and Musgrave and Kraft show flashes and... And obviously, I would be more excited about the growth of A.J. Dillon if that's something you want to be excited about on the offense. And then obviously Jordan Love. Defensively, you get Stokes coming back on track. Rashawn Gary looks healthy and he gets a payday. And then Ness looks like a replacement for Smith. All those things can happen in the regular season and not account for wins. Mm-hmm. Because that might, that's like, does it all click in one game? I mean, think of the best teams in the Packers were the best. So many things were clicking on all cylinders. When you have young players, the cylinders can be firing during different games. For sure. So you could have Rashawn Gary and and Van Ness just destroy a team, Atlanta. Like they just Desmond Raider can't figure them out. But Jordan Love and the offense struggles on the road, and they're petering around and end up losing that game thirteen to seven. Mm -hmm. And you still can be excited about that defense. So if I'm going into the season as a Packer fan, I'm going in watching the individuals more than the team success. I want individual success this year more than team success. Obviously both are great, but I think I would take individual success over team success because who cares? And I saw this in, I saw this down in Chicago. Who cares if Jordan Love looks like Mitch Trubisky and the Packers win 12 games, but it's all on paper and it's all just going to come crumbling down?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Because if you somehow put together a magical season because the defense is great, I'm here to tell you that's not sustainable. Because I've seen it. You can get a, a random season with a game manager quarterback and the defense looks good. That doesn't repeat itself the following year. It almost never does. And so, honestly, if, if I'm a Packer fan, the most important thing for me is I want Jordan Love to look like he is special. And right now, and you can win with just a guy, but right now he's looking like like an Alex Smith type guy as a ceiling. Not great. <laughs> It's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad, but that feels like his ceiling. Alex Smith was athletic. Alex Smith was a first round pick. Alex Smith was a smart quarterback. Alex Smith ran an offense. It's not that s- different than this. Mm-hmm. But then you saw what happened when Alex Smith left Kansas City and they put Patrick Mahomes in there. Right. So you could get the reverse here, and that Kansas City team was loaded. You could get the reverse. Aaron Rodgers leaves this off, and it's not the same offense. But Aaron Rodgers leaves this offense, and it, regre- and it could regress back to the Packers. Could be a team that is now. Worse than they were, and Mahomes unlocked everything with the Chiefs that Alex Smith could not unlock. Well, Aaron, you know, could be the reverse. Jordan Love's going to lock it all up. You're going to you're going to struggle to score points because you're not going to have the big splash plays. You're not going to have these amazing play like these amazing throws that we all love that we all see from Aaron Rodgers standing on his tippy toes. And even last year, and the no look throws, and he was a football god uh, as of only two years ago. Mm-hmm. That's all gone, and to assume it's coming back with a different quarterback is nuts. Now, you could get different respectable quarterback play, but you're not getting likely god-tier quarterback play.
3: Well, and honestly, I think us as Packer fans have been so spoiled that we do expect the next great thing every single time, and we can't, obviously. But that's why I asked the question yesterday of, don't you think it's going to be perfectly fine if Jordan Love ends up being just a really good game manager? Like if he has the other guys that he can depend on to carry the team if he's a good leader if he's able to do the clock management if he's able to just see the field everything and just manage the game he doesn't have to be a superhero like so Rodgers and Brock,
0: Favre could He could be Brock Purdy Yeah Similar offense Now yeah. the defense isn't there at least it doesn't look like it on paper but let's let's play it out it's Brock Purdy which I give you but what's the difference and, and uh, this is what I was getting at last year when I asked this question. So then you're San Francisco where you get to the game, or you get far and you win these games, you just don't really have a chance to win them. But, but
3: we were doing the exact same thing with Aaron Rodgers.
0: I agree. So maybe it's not maybe it's not a downgrade. Maybe it's just a different way to get to the end. of Now there's consistency that lacks there. That's the big thing you'll see, whether it's the Ravens who have won without a star quarterback or the obviously the 49ers who have won without a star quarterback. That – when you don't have the star quarterback you can't consistently feel like you're always going to be in it mm-hmm. because it's just they could just be Jimmy Garoppolo with 49ers they were up and down and they they tried to replace him with Trey Lance and obviously the Rams up and down they replaced him with Matthew Stafford so if Jordan Love is Brock Purdy or that guy he's likely a placeholder because those teams always look to replace that guy to get the Aaron Rodgers in there
3: That's true, but how many teams are successful at that? Like, we talk so highly of Aaron Rodgers because a player like him is hard to come by.
0: Right. No, and I agree. So, I mean, you could do worse than, let's say, Jordan Love turns out to be Alex Smith or Jimmy Garoppolo. You could do worse than that. For sure. But then you're always chasing to do better because you're always going to come up short. Now, again, you always came up short with Aaron Rodgers, so it could come out in the wash. But there's, I would, look, I know there's a different feeling of when you got just okay quarterback play, Every game, and maybe this will be more exciting, every game is tooth and nail because you just don't have that magic ticket to unlock just amazing plays. It doesn't mean, you, you're right, it doesn't mean the team can't be good in the long run with Jordan Love and they can't win with Jordan Love. But it still goes back to that paycheck then, too. you got to pay them the proper amount. Mm-hmm. Because if you're paying them a ton of money, that's going to hurt you, too. If Jordan Love turns out to be Garoppolo or Carr or Smith or Cousins... You're going to be riding that train of always looking to replace them. Now, I listed all those quarterbacks. Now, Goff played in the Super Bowl. But, so you could get that success, but none of them had sustained success. Packer fans have looked down at all of them. So yep. I would just say get ready to join the rest of us. You might have gone from driving whatever you feel like your top tier. You might have gone from, <laughs> pro, from flying uh, private jet to flying uh, coach? coach or business plus <laughs> with the rest of us. And that's just the reality of it. That's probably the best way to describe it. That doesn't mean you can't get to the same destination. Doesn't mean you can't have a good flight. Doesn't mean you might get a free upgrade to first class. And first class might be pretty dang great. But it's still not flying private.
3: As long as we're not driving the Greyhound. I mean, <laughs> like I'm perfectly happy. As long as we're not riding a bus to get to our destination. <laughs> and right. everybody else on a plane.
0: 844 <laughs> uh, 770 After some of the negativity around the Packers in a training camp, has it affected your expectations for the Packers season right now, 64% of you say, nope, still fine. And then uh, four chimes in, how do you temper your expectations if you're expecting them to be a young, rebuilding team? It and, is what it is, man. And I, I, I agree with you there, four. that's a fair point. I think Ryan did a good job, as Ryan Wolersheim is behind the glass at the Everlight Solar Studio, of asking, feeling pessimistic, or still feel fine. So I guess you would just say 4 I'd vote that it's like, You're feeling pessimistic. Yeah, I mean,
5: it's hard not to feel pessimistic going into the season when you know, like you guys said, you lost the Hall of Fame quarterback. So it's going to be a natural, like Jim is saying, regression to the NFL mean, right? Like regression to what every other fan base has had to deal with. But going into what this training camp was supposed to be, starting to see development out of Jordan Love... It almost feels like it's gotten worse, I, at least for my opinion, and that's how I feel if I had to answer the poll question. i probably feel worse after the first week of training camp than I did going into it.
3: Interesting, because I actually voted no, I still feel fine, but I typically tamper my expectations for the team prior to the beginning of the season. It's like Smart I, move. I, I, son, I can't get my heart broken nearly as much, but I, I mean, still end up heartbroken, but I feel like I entered into training camp and I'm still in training camp where I'm like, I'm not expecting greatness out of the guy. I'm not expecting greatness out of the defense. I'm not expecting greatness out of the offense. I'm not expecting greatness out of Matt LaFleur. I just think we're going to see a lot more of the true colors of each position, each side of the ball. Matt LaFleur, I think we're going to see just a lot come out about him. So I don't know. My expectations just weren't very high for this team. And maybe that's just me being a negative Packer fan, but I don't know. Then I can at least have my my uh, expectations get raised a little bit more, and then I can feel happy during the season if something good happens.
5: Under promise, over deliver. Exactly. Maybe that should be the motto the Packers have this season, instead of all gas, no breaks. under promise, over deliver. Look, Matt LaFleur <laughs> is already setting
0: it. He is trying to temper down expectations on Jordan Love really since the beginning.
3: Yeah, he's been doing that for
0: a long time. And this is a one-year conversation. We don't know how it'll go going forward, good or bad. This year could be a kind of a reset towards a new run, a different type of run with Jordan Love where they are more similar to the 49ers and they just win on great defense and running and scheming. That requires Matt LaFleur to be Kyle Shanahan because the 49ers are kind of a one-of-one. One. They're really the only team that can win to the level they're winning without that great quarterback.
5: Yeah, they also need a great defense that you point out. Well, that's what
0: I'm saying. The- like, that's, I've seen it. For the team I root for, it is it's not sustainable. Usually, that the defense repeating itself over and over again is great is really hard. And San Francisco's been able to do it. Now he lost his coach, his defensive coach, and Demarco Ryan's, and now Kyle Shanahan is back to being the offensive genius. And I'll assume that he can replace his defense again. He's done it a few times as defensive coordinator, but it's a lot to ask of the coach. So right now the Packers are saying Matt Lafleur is the star, and you just need to make Jordan Love beat Brock Purdy or Jimmy Garoppolo and win. Now, where's Bosa and the rest of those guys? We'll have to see. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light.
2: You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt.
0: So this is not necessarily a make or break here, but they do want to make sure that Love has uh, shows some progress so that they know that they have something. And if no one's getting fired this season. No one's getting run out of town. And if you'll remember back in 2008 when Rodgers took over the starter, they were 6-10. and 10. So it might not necessarily be wins and losses that determines what they think of Jordan Love going forward, but just what kind of football that he plays this year. That's Rob Domofsky talking about the Green Bay Packers and Jordan Love, and I think that's a very fair way to put it there, that Green Bay is going to have to look at Jordan Love with a critical eye all season and decide what they want to do. Now, the one thing they, I guess they kind of have going in their favor is that if they kind of have to be in their future planning, budgeting for paying Jordan Love. If he's good, $20, $25 million a year, like let's just say early on, if he's good, that's what they're going to have to pay him. So they have to when they're kind of building out their cap structure, they're going to have to account for all that. So if he isn't good, bringing in a free agent quarterback could very well be a similar average value where you could figure out how to make it work. So if you had to bring in the equivalent of whatever Derek Carr is. So like if this team – because here's where it gets weird is Matt LaFleur. If the, Let's say the team wins five games this year, and which would probably be a little low but not out of question. Mm-hmm. Let's say they win five games. Jordan Love looks meh. So now, Matt LaFleur, with back-to-back losing seasons, probably cares a little bit more about his job, regardless of what Goody says. Now, I think Goody is clear until Murphy's gone, which is, I think, what, two more years?
3: Yes, right?
0: I think next season and the following season is what's left with Mark Murphy. Or is it just this season
3: and then the following season?
0: I'll have to do some research on that one. I think it's this upcoming season and the year after, which would allow Goody, I think, would stay there for at least two more years. And I think LaFleur, but then all that comes up to me, when Murphy's on the block, if this team is coming off back to lo- back so this the, the timeline is you look further, nobody's on a hot seat now, Rob is right, but if they don't win this year, regardless of what it looks like, you win five games this year, even six it's back to back losing seasons if Jordan Love looks maybe he's the guy Well, Matt LaFleur's is going to push to bring in someone be, behind Jordan Love that's not Sean Clifford he's going to say, well interesting if I don't know who it could be. It could be a James Winston type. It could be a Mariota type. It could just be someone who's at least won NFL games, but you're going to want to cover your ass if you're Matt LaFleur. Like, you just want to have someone who is a capable. And, a, and who knows who will shake out. It's like Someone will shake out. It won't be a star, but it could be someone that shakes out that says, hey, Jordan Love's still our guy, but we might draft someone in the first round and maybe have a veteran. Or maybe they just take a high draft pick on that quarterback. That's a bigger statement against Jordan Love. But let's say they don't want to go that far. They're still going to bring someone in to say, like, okay, we're in a safe position. Because you can't have three losing seasons in a row. And so this year, they're staring at two losing seasons in a row Mm -hmm. right in the eyes. And there's going to be a self-preservation factor to it. And uh, Diana Rossini kind of talked about it a little bit on Get Up earlier today. She talked about the Packers in the market for a QB if Love doesn't perform.
1: If Jordan Love doesn't perform this season at a high level, the Green Bay Packers are going to be in the market for a quarterback. They're going to have to look into it and explore if they're going to want to have success. They're not going to continue to have a losing season this year and next season if he were to play poorly, let's say. So I, I don't know if it's one of these situations where they're going to completely move on if they don't have a winning season or they realize after seven, eight games that he's just not the guy, but I do believe the Green Bay Packers from a business side of this, would be smart to look into the quarterback market if Jordan Love doesn't perform.
3: But then what do you do? What, what do you do with that guy? Then what, he sits behind Jordan Love for a year, and then you do still have that struggling season? Do you start the other guy right away? What do you do? Because, I mean, if that is what pans out, well, then that shows you that sitting behind somebody for how X amount of years really didn't do anything good for you. Like and he was sitting behind a Hall of Famer, so imagine the new guy coming in and sitting behind who apparently would be a not good Jordan Love. What would that do?
0: That's a very good question. I don't know the answer to that one, but I would say that when you look at five wins, and I'm trying to see, I think five wins definitely gets your top five pick. Okay, and so because this year number one, I think both teams had three wins. That's an aberration. A3 is pretty mm-hmm. low with 17 wins. So five wins probably gets you top five pick. Might get you top three. So five wins, this is where they're going to have to make the same decision that Chicago made down south of like, do you move that pick to get more players to build around Jordan Love? Or do you take that pick and you draft that player? If you draft that player, Jordan Love is on the clock immediately. If you draft a quarterback... Fifth overall, fourth overall, mm-hmm. fifth overall. Jordan Love's out essentially; like he is on his way out the door.
3: But then you keep him as your backup. Then
0: That's you probably right. So it's sad. an affordable. Yeah, you just ride out the deal. It's like you're going to make the rookie come in and earn the job. But by drafting that quarterback that high, now if you draft the quarterback with your Jets pick, you're kind of hedging your bet there.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: That yes, it's still a first round pick. And I think they would just do it differently. Like if Jordan Love had a renaissance season. Let's say he's eh this year and then has a some sort of resurgence and just really looks like the guy the following year, following maybe the Daniel Jones sort of uh arc there. But even that, do you want to pay Daniel Jones? Like this is where it gets weird with Jordan Love. It's kind of required for the Packers to know a lot about him and make a decision on him after this season. Now it's a big how much do they want to hedge their bets on him? They take him they take a quarterback with let's say they don't have a good season, they take a quarterback with their pick with their highest pick, they're saying that Jordan Love ain't it. And if they're taking it second round or with their second first round pick, well, then maybe you're having – you still have belief, but you want to cover your, 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 your behind on it. But otherwise, a veteran could be another way to go. Matt LaFleur wants mm-hmm. to keep his job. And again, we're kind of going worst case scenario, but I do think that the most likely scenario is that the team finishes below 500 and Jordan Love will have ups and downs. If you were placing a bet, you'd say Jordan Love – looked really good in some games, really bad in other games, and overall he looked like a guy who could develop. Mm -hmm. And so then what do you do? Like That is the most likely scenario out of this year. Team wins six, maybe seven games. Jordan Love looks okay. Maybe he could be a game manager. Maybe he's the next Jimmy Garoppolo. The next uh, Tana Hill. But those guys are always looking to be replaced. And this is where it just gets weird in the Aaron Rodgers timeline threw it off. We've talked about that before. There's just a lot of different factors here for the Packers that I think are sometimes hard to account for.
3: But it's interesting, you bring up the timeline and how the Rodgers timeline kind of threw it off, but in a sense, it's almost better that it's earlier. It's like, yes there's all the financial things with Aaron Rodgers that would have happened if he did stay, Mm -hmm. but like we're getting to see Jordan Love Before another year, before he has to sit another year. You know what I mean? Like because if he was still performing in the way that we're being told that he's performing right now, and he's been sitting for how many years? Three. Three years, yeah. That if it was another year tacked on to that, and we're hearing the same things, then it's like, oh no. Like then I think we'd be closer to the Diane Rossini and your idea of they're getting somebody in the draft or whatever. But I don't know. I, I I'm I'm almost. Maybe this is just me trying to be a Packers fan, trying to spin it positively so that I feel better about my team. But, uh-huh. like, I almost feel better that it's happening now. Like, we ripped the Band-Aid off and it's happening and whatever happens is going to happen.
0: Right. It would just would have been better if it happened a year earlier. That's true. That That's my point. Like, now, you can sell yourself on it, but...
3: I was just saying another year later. It just
0: goes all <laughs> the way back to Aaron Rodgers if you just would have been up ben up front and said like look you're going I'm putting a governor on what I'm gonna give you. You're only gonna get about eighty percent of what I can be. I'm not gonna be the leader I used to be. I'm just not gonna do it and the Packers could have moved on from it. Then honestly the, it could come out of this biggest sin that Goody committed was not drafting Jordan Love. It was not moving Aaron Rodgers for that Russell Wilson type deal. That could that could have been it. That really could be the deciding factor right there. Yep. Like that could be the real nexus point of the Packers having to actually rebuild. Or Jordan Love hits, and it all works out.
3: I mean, I've been in kind of the minority where I thought that they were in a rebuild for the last two years. Like
0: That's not insane. You just had Aaron Rodgers that wasn't going to allow you to rebuild.
3: True. Yeah. He was kind of just a roadblock.
0: <laughs> right, but now you I got to time up the timelines. Because you have some players in, in, in Alexander and Gary that are younger getting their second paycheck, but that gets expensive, and so again... Ha- Having a younger quarterback you don't have to pay a lot to could work out as well. 844 3776 This is Rutledge Hamilton presented by Coors Light. Uh, you can get in uh, to the Everlight Solar Studio. Zena D, what's going on? Howdy. Hey. Howdy, boy.
1: And Molly. Hello. <laughs> and Molly. Yeah. Hello. Um, so what I have to weigh in here is that you guys are both making great points and stuff like that. I almost see this situation could shake down into a Drew Brees the Phil Rivers situation, where Phil Rivers is drafted, but Jordan Love is the starting quarterback. Phil Rivers uh, stayed a year behind Drew Brees. They kind of decided to go away from Drew Brees and go to Phil Rivers, which he had a, a decent, good career with San Diego. Never won the big game, but he still had a great career. I can see where Jordan Love. They're like, all right, we're gonna get a nine and seven, maybe a seven and nine out of this guy. And the next year, he can go like maybe ten and seven. They're like, oh. We don't think he's it, it, but we have a guy behind him. So that's where, if, you know, if they lost, if they won only five games this year, and you throw in the uh, Jets pick, you're looking at a, probably a fifth or sixth pick, maybe seventh, and then you throw in the Jets pick as well, you can move up to like the third or fourth. I mean, obviously, I think the consensus is, is Caleb Williams is going to go in the top one or two, mm-hmm. and then after that, you got uh, Mail from uh, North Carolina could be a top ten pick, and I don't know anything after that. So there's a chance where they could draft a guy and Jordan Love's still the quarterback for next year, and that guy's going to sit behind him. And and the, the thing that I was listening to about a day or two ago is that you know, Aaron Rodgers takes his pay cut, $31 million, and they're like, well, they could use it to trade for someone. Well, if they're going to trade their first and second round pick, they're going to have to ask the Packers for compensation because they ultimately technically own one or two of those picks depending on how Aaron Rodgers kind factor for us as well. So, I mean, I'm just saying, I think you draft a quarterback, but it just depends on where you're – like, if you go 10 games in, that's where you're going to find out where you want to draft. If you're going to draft a quarterback late in the first round, I would almost wait until the second round and then just have Jordan Love stick it out and see what you got with the second round or third round quarterback.
0: Thanks, Z. And uh, I, I, that's some good points. I would like to point out that – you're going to have to luck out to see who has the first and second overall picks. So I would say today, now it is August 3rd, 2023, what will it look like in April of 2024, we don't know. But Williams from USC and May from North Carolina look like the top two picks. But here's the thing. If you're a quarterback-needy team, I don't care how many picks the Packers give you, you're not going to take it. And so, Or let's say Carolina's bad this year.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, Chicago ain't trading you that pick. Because they have Carolina's pick. Yep. So, like, now you're all of a sudden eliminated. So, that's where it could get dicey for them. Now, if if it's something where I'm trying to think of an example here, but let's say the. What if it's the Arizona Cardinals with that pick? They're Possibly, not trading. Mm-hmm. They're not trading it to you.
5: You don't think they're trading? You don't think they would just stick with Caleb Williams?
0: I'm saying I no, stick with, with uh, th- Kyla Murray. No. Excuse me. No. I mean, Kyla Murray's too much of a Pretty question mark. Future. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I was trying to think of a team that has let's say Houston. Okay, they would trade with you. Houston would be an example. If Trevor Lawrence gets... I hate to put this in the world, but let's say Trevor Lawrence gets hurt and they have the high pick. So, Or I'm just trying to think of teams that have young quarter... But the Chargers, like some of these teams... That
5: Insert have, AFC South team. Probably. Right,
0: yeah. So if you have a young QB that you feel good about and you have the first two picks, then you're probably willing to move it for King's Ransom. But otherwise... And let's not forget... It's going to cost a lot to get there, so oh, yeah. I, I mean, it's going to cost you a lot. I mean, I think Chicago traded the first overall pick, DJ Moore, and they got Carolina's first and mm-hmm. uh, pick this year, and they or, and they got it uh, last or they trade they swap picks this year. They got their pick next year and their second round pick next year. I think they got another first they got rounder into so like twenty twenty five. Did they get like a that. third round pick too? Maybe yeah, even? They in got there.
3: everything but the kitchen sink. And that honest. was for
0: Bryce. Yeah. That was for Bryce Young.
5: Yeah, who is also a great quarterback, but, but Caleb Williams is supposed to be. People talk about him like he might be, might be better than Mahomes was. In and
0: they're talking about Drake May that he might be a better prospect than Bryce Young. So, so either one of those picks is going to cost you the house to go get it. So, so I if you're know. banking on that, that's not the best plan.
3: I don't know if these websites are paying attention to the Packers reporters that are at training camp or not, but I am currently on yardbarker.com. It sounds weird but like the great
5: aggregator website website
3: looks legit i'm not gonna lie Mm -hmm. they have the packers at 17 in a 2024 nfl mock draft getting a safety and then this one's a little bit more sketchy but i don't know walterfootball.com has their mock at uh 2024 draft
0: is it walter camp or Um, is it just walter it just says walterfootball.com
3: uh they have the packers listed at 13
0: so i mean but 13 is probably what six seven wins Right. Weren't they
5: 13 this past draft? Isn't that where they I picked f- Lucas uh, Van Ness? Somewhere around I thirteen, fourteen. I think they 14, were. I think I they think. were. Yeah. Right around
0: there, yeah. So, I
5: mean, that, and that's right below wins? 500.
0: Uh, they were 8-9, yeah. yeah. And, and that's and what I, I predicted them that's to what be would, for next year. That's what I would bet this year. on. I was just going off of Z and D if he's saying that, like, oh, you could try to package pick and move up.
3: But yeah, and I mean, you also said five before if they're in the top five you're with, st- you're when still you're at a, 500.
0: You're still S.O.L. if you're fourth or third. like You're still going to have to give a King's Ransom, go get... Uh, Williams or May yeah. Like, so that's where like, the Packers having something to do with it is still up in the air uh, before we go to break here Packers president Mark Murphy named as a defendant in a lawsuit against Northwestern University he was the AD there at the time of alleged hazing incidents mentioned in the suit because he did remember he did come from Northwestern before I, he came to Green Bay I did These, not remember that this hazing was taking place throughout Pat Fitzgerald's allegedly uh, era at Northwestern
5: Possibly well, even prior to Patrick yes. Pat Fitzgerald is what I've heard. That's what heard I've heard. And yes, it, yes. So,
0: and that would be Mark Murphy's era there as well. Right, Row. And I'm not blaming Mark Murphy, but he that could be something he has to deal with uh, throughout the NFL season.
3: Could that impact his – I know we have to get to break, but yeah. would that impact his – Retirement? Anything with the Packers?
0: I would say that the board could use it as a reason to get rid of him after this season and get him out a little early if they, if they got Just even like bad publicity impeachment and impeach the president i would say that doesn't, that doesn't i don't know this is
5: the packers democracy the, the fan base the we democracy stockholders does it, does, it, does it
0: function better than ours uh i would say this uh, go be a winner go to ho-chunk gaming madison that's where winners go nearly 12 million dollars jackpots uh last month alone at ho-chunk gaming madison no reason to wait go be a winner Go to Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. Biggest win so far this year, $250,000. I feel like there's a million-dollar jackpot coming. So go be a winner. Go to Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. Largest payouts in the area. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light.
2: You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts.
4: We're going to give away free
0: beer in a minute, but before we do that, this is Rutledge and Hamilton, live from the Everlight Solar Studio. She is Molly Brown, I am Jim Rutledge, we're presented by Coors Light. Mountain's blue, you know what to do.
3: And that's Crush Coors Light.
0: Ryan Walshine behind the glass, 844-770-3776 is how you get into the show. We're going to switch it up in a little bit and get to some Badger football talk a little bit later in the show uh, with the negative reports coming out of training camp. Has that tampered down your expectations for the Packers in 2023? 68% of you say you feel just fine. I want to follow up here with another Iron Jock poll question, and that's basically what's more important to you this year? Wins or Jordan Love looking like a what's the word we want to use here?
3: Competent quarterback?
0: Let's go higher than competent. (laughs) Plus quarterback? I don't know. Maybe plus is a little. Plus, I think too inside t- baseball there. Oh,
5: okay, fair,
3: fair. Um,
0: Ascending player.
3: Let's go to the
5: franchise West. quarterback.
0: Fra- let's just go franchise QB. There you go. Let's just go big. What's more important to you? Eight four four seven seven zero thirty. Real
3: big there. Don't you think of like? Okay, go. Well, ahead.
0: we can get into that whole thing because people will call Kirk Cousins and Joe Flacco and those other guys franchise QBs. So eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. What's more important to you this season? Wins or Jordan Love looking like a future franchise quarterback. Make sure you put that future word in there. Ryan, cuz I mean, have got it.
3: But you brought up Joe Flacco and Kirk Cousins. I I'd don't call a,
0: them franchise QBs. But, but
3: I would be very happy if Jordan Love ended up looking like one of those two within the next couple of years.
0: Is Ryan Tannehill a franchise QB? Ugh, Ryan Tannehill's awful. So, no? I mean, they He's won a division, I think, at least once. Made the playoffs a couple times. Look at their division. True. Daniel Jones, he's getting paid like a franchise cubino. He's
3: not a franchise quarterback.
0: I'm trying to think who else. uh, (laughs) Was Jimmy Garoppolo?
3: Ooh. um, See, that's where it gets hard. Because I think of Jimmy Garoppolo as a really good game manager. Yeah. They've gotten far with him. But that's also because of the coach that's behind him. That's because of the good players that are around him. I don't know. Who who? When you first say the words franchise quarterback, who comes to mind? Like, who's immediate?
0: Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Those are Hall Joe Famers. Burrow, Jalen Hurts.
3: Those are potential Hall of Famers and that's Hall of why, Famers.
0: That's why, I mean, I wouldn't use the word Jordan franchise QB because I don't think there's a lot of them. It's like, for me, there's like, in baseball, there's an ace, there's a number one. There's a lot of number one QBs. And that, you know, that's Regino Smith and Jimmy Garoppolo and Derek Carr and Jared Goff, and Kirk Cousins, and these other guys fall into, have number one QBs, and Andy Dalton. And you can win some games. You might even sneak a Super Bowl out of it. But a franchise QB, to me, is, is, is pretty rare. Just like an ace in baseball. We used to always do this with Ben Sheets back in the day with the Brewers. Like ben Sheets was a number one, he wasn't an ace. He was too hurt to really be a number one. Corbin Burns could be, I think he's a number one, not an ace. I, I think... For me I just have a higher ex. Everyone grades differently. We talked about this with like the we do like the scores for the mm-hmm. office and you have to account for that. For me, franchise QBs, aces, franchise players in the NBA, there's few and far between. Like the like the Bucks have one. And yeah. Chris Middleton is not a franchise player. Neither is Drew Holiday because you can't build your franchise and win an NBA title around those players being your best player.
3: Okay, so I actually uh, just looked up franchise quarterback to see if I could get an actual definition yeah. because I feel like, like you said, everybody's definitions of it are different. It says a franchise player, quarterback, or otherwise, is a player that, due to their skills and popular appeal, becomes essential to the organization both on and off the field. They are the face, quote, of the team. Tom Brady is a franchise quarterback. Ben Roethlisberger is a franchise quarterback. That is according to Google.
0: Not I would it. give you that. I think Eli Manning had picked that up with the two Super Bowls. Like, there's different ways to get there. It's, it's a lot of like the eye test. J.J. Okay. Watt was the franchise player for Houston. Yeah. Brian Urlacher was the franchise player for the Bears. Miles Garrett in Cleveland. Yeah. yeah. To an extent. Like, right now, Minnesota does not have one. Justin Jefferson is a franchise player. Yes. Okay, I'll give you Justin. You're right. Does Detroit have one? No. Chicago doesn't have one. Uh, Chicago Justin. Justin they Field. want Justin Fields Wait, to be, but he but could we'll be, see. but he's not there yet. He's not there yet, but he's very close, in my opinion. But I'm and I'm not talking about the off-field stuff because you're right. But he has to prove it this year. Can he be a franchise player? Green Bay, right now, their franchise player is probably Jair Alexander. I was I mean, to Aaron top, Jones. Yeah, well, I was Aaron Jones too. would be First, AJ my Dillon.
3: Mind. If but, we're going off of this, Aaron, yeah, but I'm not going
0: to go
5: off that. But Jair, isn't he of twenty? Isn't he top thirty in the top one hundred? He was twenty six in the NFL's top one hundred. Aaron Jones most, isn't yeah. going to
0: be higher than it, is he? No, he
5: was in the fifties.
0: Yeah, so I think Jair Alexander. I mean, he is a legit elite corner. He's
5: definitely the best player. I would just say that Aaron Jones. When you go to that off the field, see aspect, and that's what
0: I. That's the part I don't care about when I'm. So the way I do it is like truly an elite player at their position. Okay. Okay, but I, I would. And corner oh. is a far like ten times more important position. It's much more a higher priority in today's than NFL, running back for sure. Yes. Unfortunately for our friends who are running backs, but that's just how it goes. But I mean, you can go around the league. I don't think every does Atlanta have a franchise player?
3: Does Dallas Cowboys think of them? Who's there? Cowboys, Micah would, Parsons. That's who yes, I immediately yes, go to. Yeah, yeah Parsons. He's Not a, P- P- a, a freaking
0: nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe Parsons. Tony
3: Pollard one day. Like, I biased because I like him?
0: But those are all ones. Like, but Parsons is elite. Again, you don't like. He's in that Miles Garrett category, a defensive player who can look at change the game, Chiefs. I would say they have at least Mahomes and Kelsey. Yeah. But
5: Kelsey's a little older. If you're talking future franchise or like multiple. I'm years saying like on the this road. year, but when
0: they've won Currently. winning the Super Bowls, okay. They yeah. had two franchise players. So yeah. do you
3: consider Gronk a franchise player?
0: Yeah, absolutely. When the Packers won the Super Bowl, they had Aaron Rodgers, who might not have been all the way there yet, but pretty dang close, but then you had Woodson and Matthews. And then Woodson you, definitely a franchise and then, I don't know where the receivers were. If, how high They were. had
5: Greg Jennings. They had Jordy in like his rookie year. I so probably say. They,
0: they ended up getting pretty dang close to that level. So they had a lot of ones and some guys pretty fringe franchise. And Jordy I Jordy
3: Nelson that, is he a franchise player for the Green Bay Packers?
0: At his, at, a, at his peak, yes.
5: Devontae Adams was too. At his peak, he led the NFL. They both led the but NFL. But Devonte Adams touchdowns. always
3: will be, I think.
0: Yeah,
5: I would agree. But Devontae's at another rung amongst those guys, wide sure. receivers at least.
0: Yeah, I don't think franchise means for sure your Hall of Fame. I mean, Jordan didn't have long enough run, but he was an elite player at an elite position. So my biggest question mark for like guy right on the edge of that franchise mark,
5: like Derek Carr, like would you consider him a franchise player?
0: No, he's a number one. A number you one could player. win a Super Bowl with Derek Carr, just like I think you could win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo or Jared Goff or those guys.
5: Like Joe Flacco
0: did win a Super Bowl, right? I don't. Th- Joe Flacco not a franchise QB, but elite. Was he elite, though? No, he's number, he was a number one. He was a, I know, I know. But he was a number one. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. 844 770 You could chime in tell us, how do you define the franchise player? I think the Packers have one for sure in Jerry Alexander, a fringe guy in Aaron Jones. Kenny Clark's got to be in that conversation. He's at least the one. They're uh, hoping Rashawn how, Gary. But
3: how much outside of Green Bay, the Green Bay media, Green Bay fans, knows about Kenny Clark? Do you know what yeah, I mean? Again, I don't a mean point. to, I don't mean a to downgrade him, but like we know about him because we talk about the team.
5: It's tough. Interior D linemen rarely get that shine unless you're Chris Jones or if you're Aaron Donald. Then there's like a big jumble of guys mm-hmm. who most people, just casual fans, don't know about. So I think that's a great point you make when it comes to the the visibility as a franchise
0: player. Yeah, for sure. Mk in Arizona chimes in. He's excited about Jordan Love's arm. You can see it from limited play and practice. Clear is a strong arm, quick feet. Good speed in the pocket. He's a big kid, so I would say, look, those are all true things. That's MK in the desert via Oak Creek. Oak Creek. I would say for sure, like none of those things are out of like. Those are all fair, and again, I don't question Jordan Love physically, and I'm not even saying I question him mentally. I'm just saying that that's what we have to see physically. If you're going off what players can physically do, then. What? You're going to have uh, who's the kid down in the colt? Anthony Richardson's going to be one of the best in the league. Justin Fields will be one of the best in the league. Jordan Love could be up there. But it's not, it's not all physically what you can do. And it's not, even, it's not even working hard or even smart. It's not even those things. I think we were learning more and more is how quickly you can process what's going on in the field. Pressure, and that could be affected pressure. by a lot of things. Pressure yep. from defenses, pressure in your own brain, pressure from a million different things. But, like, how quickly can you process those things? You hear about it all the time in basketball, and I think we're starting to apply it here the, um, with the, uh, the quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, you hear LeBron James or John Stockton or Michael Jordan. Like, they could see things on the court before they even happened. Mm-hmm. And that is elite level processing and understanding of the game paired with elite athletic ability. And there's only a few Gretzky, Jordan, LeBron, there's only a few in these sports. They can do it. Aaron Rodgers had that. The thing with Rodgers is he doesn't have the championship belts to match those players, and that will always hang over him unless he gets more, because that's just the rules. Like it's not a, un, but like Ryan, you roll your eyes, but everyone's held to the same standard. No, I agree. I agree. I just think the standard is a bit. It's a
5: bit redundant at times, and I think it minimizes pe- the players and how good they were. But I agree with you when when you're considering whether these guys. Rank amongst those all-time all-time greats, the ones you just mentioned. Yeah, it's it'll always be held against them. and it is. You
0: have to perform at
5: the highest pressure moments. That's what it comes down to. You're correct. And
0: I'm and the standards the standard. It's the same for everyone. I, the only time I have a problem with the standard is if they move it around. That's just the way that, that I I kind of see it. There. Uh, you can get into the show eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. We are going to give away some Lake Louis beer. That's what we're doing right now. So. That is exciting. 844-770-3776. We are giving away some Lake Louie beer. So you're going to get the Badger Club and you're going to get the Lil Louie. 844 770 You're going to get 24 cans of this stuff. The Badger Club and the Lil Louie from our good friends at Lake Louie. 844 770 Caller number five gets the case of beer. A mix of Badger Club and Lil Louie. It's a new flavor, the Lil Louie. 844-770-3776. Caller number five gets a case of Lake Louie beer. This is Rutledge and Hamilton.
2: You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt.
0: tie from Juno for winning throwback Thursday. You got some good stuff in Lake Louis. One of my favorite spots. They got the location because they took over Wisconsin Brewing. So they got that location up uh in Verona, just up the yep, road from me. Verona. Yes. And that Badger Club is what the they used to be a Wisconsin Brewing beer. So Lake Louis took it over. They changed the brand but that's the that's one of my favorite beers. So
5: it's absolutely delicious.
0: Uh, yeah. As I, well I haven't tried the Low Louis but I'm excited to get get yes, some yes I'm gonna pick that up for myself uh, uh, probably tomorrow. So I'm gonna, I'll, I'll report back and tell you all how great it tastes. <laughs> Do some sampling for us, there, absolutely. Jim. <laughs> Before I want to, we'll switch topics here and we'll talk about Badger football. I also want to talk about how I, stupid running is, and I think it's like a cult if you actually think it's okay. I want to start a running club. Wait. Whoa. Yeah, like if you think running is like great, you've just convinced you. Like you're just lying to yourself. You just hate your legs, really right? Right. So just. we'll we'll talk about that on other side. But like you honestly, it's just cult. You don't play other sports. Like, no other sport you have to convince yourself it's great. But, like, running, they have to, like, speak it into existence that it's good. Because it stinks. But, Pete uh, in Oshkosh chimes in. He has this question. With all the big deals going on in professional sports, since we only have, like, a couple minutes here, I thought we'd just hit on this. uh, Are we a few years away from a billion-dollar deal going down for an athlete? Probably, but good? Like, they deserve it? I mean... How far away are we from a billion dollar deal? What was the not I mean,
3: far? Patrick Mahomes was half a billion.
0: But there was that uh, Killian Mbappe, right? Who oh, got
3: yeah. offered oh, a yeah. crazy He's contract
5: from a seven hundred something. That was making the highest million, paid right? soccer like player in history. Yeah, exactly for one year. The soccer yeah. the soccer contracts are out of this world.
3: I mean, soccer. When you think about it, it's worldwide. Like it makes sense yeah. why those guys get paid so much.
0: It is worldwide, but it's also not. It's still not to the level of popularity and I don't see it ever will be It's I can't see it ever being number one in the United States at best no, it not hits, in the US no. at best I, it hits three behind
3: NFL, football, and, and and NFL
0: and NBA especially the NBA is now like global sport as well Major League Baseball though still has this stranglehold even if kids play it less it's still romanticized people watch it it's become now I think baseball is far more about your one team than let's say the sport I think now people are like, I'm a Brewers fan, and they'll watch the Brewers play, but they're not just like firing up random national b- baseball A games.
5: big part of baseball, I think, is the social aspect of the sport. More than NBA and NFL, yes. there are diehard fans of people who just want to watch football, just want to watch basketball. I think it, baseball is more about just going to the park, being with people, tailgating, yeah. all those aspects. Is, is more the American pastime aspect to it, I think. I agree with Jim there, though. I think soccer would, yeah. I think soccer would have a long way to go to make up that too, just because there isn't that built-up nostalgia with the sport that there is with others, other American-bred sports, I guess.
0: Well, yeah. and, and I'm trying to attribute this, and I believe this is the. I'm seeing if I want to have the, the attribute the coach to the. Um, the, the quote to the right coach, and I, I guess I won't know, I won't attribute the, the uh, quote to the women's soccer coach, but there was a, a, a prominent figure in soccer. Carly Lloyd, I think, is here.: is No, no. So the point, what, what was they were wondering. saying was that it's hard for, and this is not surprising, hard for soccer to catch on in the United States like it does everywhere else because everywhere else you just play soccer. What do we do here? We monetize the hell out of it. It's what happened to baseball. Like, we've ruined baseball because baseball now, you have to sign up for all these baseball camps. And if you want to go anywhere, you have to do all these baseball camps. It's an things. expensive sport to play Volleyball now. Volleyball, it's happened mm-hmm. too. It's happened to, the, to basketball as, as well. But, I, you know, kids, I think, still pick up basketball and play basketball. And it's not happened as much as soccer. Soccer, you're having to, like, you kind of have to have means pretty quickly to play yep. soccer. Mm-hmm. And that's not how it should be. The beauty of soccer and baseball and basketball is you just pick up the ball and play. And yeah. th- uh, clearly, there are people with vested interest to make as much money as possible out of that, and that is yeah. hurting the growth of sport of that sport. Baseball, yes, you do need organized things, so like there's a case made for that. Basketball, you don't. Soccer, you don't. You just pick up the ball and play. That's why it's successful other places. But stick balling in in poorer countries, like that's. Why are they so great? Because they have to hit, like, I don't know exactly how stick ball goes, but they diff- it's similar to baseball, but they play it with, like, five or six kids. Yeah, it's basically mm-hmm. a smaller
5: bat they're using, too. It's a, it's a higher level of difficulty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right.
0: But we've all been convinced that to be great at something, you have to just spend, spend lots money. of money at it and go on all these travel teams. Yet, you still see, like, I don't believe Tasha did all that when he was coming. Like, there's still plenty of players who somehow got to be great without all that stuff. It still happens in college. Mm-hmm. It still happens in football. The kids get there without... They start paying maybe junior senior year, which I understand that. When you're if you're in high school and you want to develop your skills to get a scholarship, makes a ton of sense. All right, you want to you've now decided because I'll I'll just do my soapbox real quick. Kids should play as many different sports as possible, and they should not specialize in anything until I would probably say their sophomore year in high school. That's a good call. I agree. And that's not look any most trainers will tell you that who are not monetarily invested in trying to get kids to do this, and most every doctor will tell you that for their own physical health. Of the kids. Yeah. Because you're wearing out the same joints Animals over and over again. mental health, too. Yeah. yeah. But, but you're wearing out the joints. Yes, then you can start, like, if you're a great baseball player, maybe you should quit football, you don't want to get hurt. That sophomore year, you played freshman football, okay, now you look like you might have a scholarship, and yeah, fire it up and go for it. Uh, you're uh, a great soccer player, and you don't want to blow out your knee playing basketball. Okay, that starts to make sense. If scholarship's on the line there, that makes a lot of sense. But how mm-hmm. do you really know what is on the line for you until about that, uh, through your freshman year? Typically,
5: yeah, and especially for a sport like baseball, those repeated those repeated motions, especially as like a pitcher or something like that, too. Oh that, yeah. Terrible. And the here's body. the
0: biggest lie yeah. they'll ever tell you: is that like you know who the stars are? We've all we, you play it, you know who they are. So you're not turning into LeBron James because you bought a bunch of basketball camps.
5: Hey, he got cut from his freshman <laughs> <laughs> basketball team, Jim. That's Jordan. Or was J- that, J- was, J- oh, that, that was Jordan, Jordan. Excuse me.
0: But I mean, like, but the whole point is, the great ones. Could show up when LeBron James could have played pickup ball until his freshman year of high school and still would have kicked everyone's butt. Like that, like that's just the facts. Like so, greatness is going to find a way in the sport. And if LeBron wanted to play soccer, he'd be the greatest soccer player of all time. Like those elite athletes with that elite processing uh, ability in their brains and the elite skills, it's just going to carry. So your kid's not going to be elite. So I get it, but let them play all the sports and let them enjoy their childhood and let them just build skills naturally. And then when it gets to that freshman, sophomore year, and scholarships on the line, scholarships matter. I understand that. But your kid ain't playing professional. And you don't want to burn your kid out. You know how many of these kids get these mm-hmm. D2, D3 scholarships, even D1 scholarships, and they're cooked, they're toast by the time they're sophomore year in college? And then you have to pay for the last few years anyways because they hate the sport? Because they've been playing it, like travel, you know, travel basketball, travel, whatever, for since they've been like nine? Yeah,
5: and then you know what they end up doing? They just end up cracking a Coors Light. Sit back. <laughs>
0: This is Roger Hamilton for sending my cruise light.